Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, Musical Theater College Auditions, and today we have a lithe and limber show lined up for you. Michelle Chasse has been teaching faculty masterclasses with MTCA for years, and we always love having her come teach our students. Each class, we hear about how much the students got out of her classes, even if they're not students who are specifically interested in BOCO. And let's be honest, a lot of them end up adding it to their lists. Um, P.S., while we're talking about BOCO, I mentioned this to Michelle right after our pod, but as we were recording, Michelle was going on and on about this vast BOCO alumni network. And we know we've had many fabulous MTCA alums go to the school and currently attending. But as I'm sitting there, I realized my current babysitter who was sitting with my child a room away from this recording, was also a VOCO alum. It's just a small, beautiful world. Who knows? You may be listening to this pod right now and five years from now babysitting for me. We'll see. (laughs) If you're going to be good to my child, be good to my child. Um, Today on the pod, Michelle and I get into VOCO students being a big sponge. Um, We get into strong actors and storytellers. We talk about the leveled classes at VOCO. Uh, Boko gives you that MTCA motto of, are you being authentically you? Um, Michelle gives that advice of making eye contact with dance auditioners and not loving yourself too much in the mirror. She asks the question, are you there to show off or to learn? Um, She recommends you have a, ah, hell, I'm going for it mentality. And if you can't think of anything else, just quack like a duck. And we talk about physically connecting to your character and how that can change your performance. But before we get to Michelle, Megan, what's happening in your world? Well, I hope all BOCO auditioners now go to the dance audition and just quack at Michelle. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack. But you know what? In the MTCA world, I am so excited to get all these emails that we're getting from our students of starting pre-screen passes, Mm. first early auditions going well. It's a very Mm. exciting time of year. It's so cool. Yeah. And some people have been working on it for like a year and a half, a year, and to now finally be getting actual results coming back, or certainly in terms of pre-screen results, it's it's fun. And that's the next couple of months, there's going to be a whole lot more of that with our seniors. And mm-hmm. really excited for that. Um, the only other thing I want to throw out there um, today is I was looking at, we missed episode 25. I want to do something for 25. We missed it. Whoops. Um, but we're coming up on episode 30, which is really Meg and I have been reflecting on. It's very cool. Um, And I think it's worth noting for those who have been listening to a lot of the episodes, maybe especially a lot of the college episodes, you may be doing this naturally, but I'm just going to encourage you, keep listening to what is repeated and what is different. Certainly, I think you're going to learn a lot about individual schools and the different ways they talk about themselves, right? So, there, And there's plenty of that will keep coming up of one school will say, hey, I'm kind of like this. Another school will say, we are kind of like this. And you'll be able to draw those distinctions. 
But I think it's also worth noting, especially in the stuff that feels cliche or that feels really repeated where you hear it again and again and again from faculty, it's easy to kind of let that stuff wash over yourself. And I would just throw it out there to say like, maybe don't. Like if you've heard it from 14 different really strong faculty members, take that. Maybe that is becoming a little bit more like gospel or that is something that is really repeated throughout this whole process. I think you can kind of draw the line of the Venn diagram of what is consistent and then what is different. And that consistent stuff is probably worth focusing on as opposed to just being ignored. I think that is something you go, a lot of schools might be looking for this if, if you keep hearing it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, just as my daughter starts <laughs> rustling and waking up, let's get to this episode with Michelle. Well, we are honored to have Michelle Chasse on the pod today. Uh, Michelle has a BFA in dance performance from Boston Conservatory, where she was the first recipient of the prestigious Ruth Santholm Ambrose Award. Um, She started teaching at BOCO in 1994 and became a resident choreographer and MT dance coordinator in 2000 before becoming the chair of musical theater dance in 2013, which if you're looking at this video, we can't believe those dates either. We Something's wrong. She must have started all this when she was 10, I think. Um, Boston Conservatory is located in Boston, Massachusetts. They take class sizes of about 60 to 70 new students as an incoming class. And then those students are broken into core groups of 12 to 15 students. They offer degrees in BFA Contemporary Theater, BFA Music Theater, BFA Commercial Dance, and BFA Contemporary Dance. Michelle, how are you? Welcome on the pod. I am well. Uh, that was like crazy weather this week. So it was just sort of the change of the seasons and the time, which is perfect for Halloween. And um, I'm ready for the, the new season, the next season. I've started calling it pumpkin spice pre-screen season. Do you agree with that as a, a fun label or do you think that's terrible? I don't think I don't think that's terrible. But I'm actually, I skip right over to Fraser Fur. I have one right here, a candle. From times oh. and it's just I know it just smells like heaven. It's not that I'm, I'm not ready for a Christmas tree, but I just love that smell. So mm, we That's love. Um, well, to, before we dive too deep into Boco, I just love to hear a little bit about your own background and, and how you found yourself in this position. So, how did you make your way to at such a young age? You must have been 13 when you started teaching to uh, <laughs> to, to teaching. I was actually really young. Um, I wasn't 13, but uh, <laughs> I was a student at the conservatory. And when I left, I was grateful that I had a lot of different ideas and passions that I wanted to do. And I hadn't quite latched on to musical theater dance yet. I was still in concert dance, but I loved theater and I loved, um, I had studied a lot of straight acting. So it was for me, it was like this weird, like, how do I put all of these things together? Mm-hmm. And so I was lucky that I was um, invited to do a lot of different projects, everything from like, hey, we need a Cinderella to come and play this ballet role. And so I'd travel and go do that. And then, hey, there's a new product line of Puma coming out. Could you come and model this line? So I'm like, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just all over the place. And along the way, um, I actually (laughs) booked a cruise and at the time, there were a lot of Broadway people that were doing these shows, and I thought, "What did like, what do they know?" They, I feel like this might be the, the combination of that, like little in between. And that's sort of how it happened. I remember um, Christopher Malloy was in our cast, and he, I think, was nominated for an Olivier. And so, just hearing his experience in theater and watching theater dance, I was I've always been such a huge. Uh, fan of Sid, anything Sid Therese, um and Margin Gower Champion. So 
watching that dance in White Christmas every year, um, watching that type of dance where <clears throat> they could physically touch each other mm. um, in the ballet world. A lot of times, like you get married, it's like you show a, a non non ring, you die, the hands cross. So um, it's, it has a lot of gestures and. I believe that when you're doing it, you feel truthful as you're doing it and you feel inventive as an actor. But there was something that seemed more like, ooh, I dig that other thing. What is what is this thing? And, you know, I, they really, you hadn't really heard of musical theater dance. So it was just watching these musicals. Mm -hmm. And I said, whatever that is, it makes my socks roll up and down. So, <laughs> <laughs> And so how did that uh, lead you back to Boko and teaching? Well, um, I, so I told myself, okay, only one contract. Um, and again, I was, I was blessed to, uh, to be invited to do more, but I knew that I wanted to be on land. I knew that there, was, there were other things. So I came back to Boston and immediately was um, asked to come, in, come on the faculty. And I said, well, I'm still performing. And um, at the time, the dance classes for the theater department were run through the dance department. And eventually she, she, um, at the time said, you know, the theater department's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and mm -hmm. we are the dance department. And so, um, the director at the time of the theater department said, would you take over as the head of dance for, for, um, for the theater department. And so I was like, yes, but I still am performing. <laughs> and um, I was really lucky because the people at the time were like, okay, let's figure out a way to make this work so you can do both. And so that's what I did. And I kept studying with um, all kinds of Broadway legends, uh, the, the dance portion of it. But again, like I said, I had also been a straight actor. So I felt like, and then a, and also a ballet dancer. And I thought, mm. I think this is all of my worlds colliding. I feel... Mm. Like I can now physically be this character and, but also physically feel uncompromised in the movement. I didn't feel like I just had to like bounce and tip and sit, that it was mm -hmm. like really meat and potatoes. And so they were really cool about like going out, performing and coming back with the information. Um, so yeah, that's so kind cool. of had it. So cool. Um, well, let's get a little bit into Boko as a broader school. And then I think I'm going to narrow a little bit more into dance as, as we go. But okay. to start off, um, just kind of in brief, what, what do you think it means to be a Boko student? What do you see as like, these are the qualities that make up a Boston Conservatory student? That's a really good question, because I think when somebody auditions for Boston Conservatory, they have an idea of who they are and what they will be in the cons mm -hmm. at the conservatory. And <laughs> I think quickly they learn like, oh, maybe I don't really know who I am. Maybe I have all these other things. So mm -hmm. I think if the best students come in with the, the, the biggest sponge attached to their backs because they're going to find that they're a lot more than what they just think the one thing is. Like some people are like, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer, I'm an actor. And I'm like, we're always actors. We're always telling the story. So, um, you know, maybe your path will will change a little direction. You'll, and you're like, maybe I want to do Alexander and then come back into acting. So, I think it's getting more and more clear to people that the conservatory, Boko specifically, isn't just one thing. Mm -hmm. We have songwriters, we have dancers, we have choreographers, we have directors, we have social change makers. Mm -hmm. So I think the the ideal student is somebody who comes in um, that hasn't labeled themselves as anything. Mm, I love it. And then, so, okay, so I come in, I've got a huge sponge on my back. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> 
I'm going to spend four years there. Curriculum-wise, what? How am I going to come out changed? So, what over the course of the four years, what are you going to take me through where I'm going to uh, add some skills and potentially change in some ways? Honestly, the sky's the limit, and I think that's what people don't realize that there are every in every way you can change. It's not just like I'm going to be a better performer because that's just superficial in some ways Mm -hmm. like you're going to be a better person you're going to be smarter about what your choices are and why you made them um i i see our students grow as human as human beings and uh i see how they appreciate appreciate each other's work and i don't think that happens if you're only thinking in a performer's mind Mm -hmm. um they're 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 collaborators so you're going to come out and maybe you, you decide that you want to go into physical therapy or be a doctor. You never know, you know, like that something enlightens you along the way. Mm -hmm. So, and some people come in and they're really focused and they're like, this is the one thing that I want to do. And guess what? That's exactly what happens too. (laughs) So um, it depends on where your path is. It depends on how curious you are. Mm. Do you guys have a a focus? If you were to sort of say one of these disciplines is is elevated above the others, we're more of an acting focus musical theater school, more of a, we really emphasize dance or more, more into music or singing. Does it all equal proportions or how does that work um, in terms of the way you think about yourself as a school? Um, No, there is no special focus. In fact, um, I I would say vocally in order to get into the musical theater program, um, they're really going to make sure that you don't have any vocal damage um, mm-hmm. and see where, where that is and make sure your intonation is pretty, pretty good. But you can be the most outrageous dancer and not get into the musical theater program if mm-hmm. there's, you know, there are a lot of vocal things. And I think it's a misconception. Sometimes people go, well, Boco is a dance school. And I'm like, um, thank you. But uh, <laughs> we have a strong I, dance program. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but just because you dance does not mean you're going to get into the program. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have very, 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 very basic people when it comes to dance get into the program. Uh-huh. So I think it's the opposite of what people actually think sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my audition specifically, I know we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I really look for people who are strong actors, strong storytellers. Mm-hmm. Because anybody can kick their leg. Well, and in the acting audition too, you're one of the few schools that asks for a classical monologue that, mm-hmm. that is asking for a, a, you know, a more challenging level of acting than a lot of musical theater schools are going to ask for in an audition. Yeah. I mean, look, if you look at what's out there and it's always been there, I hate that what, you know, what we say, like, look what's out there right now. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. There's <laughs> always been somebody on the fringe doing something that's kind of cool or like you know, honoring older text and mm-hmm. or honoring concert dance within a musical theater production. So it's not like it's new to the world. It's just, you know, maybe you you decided to turn your head a little bit more in one direction and you saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are people who don't realize some of these gifts that they have because they've never been asked to do them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I was saying, it's it's sort of our mission to just kind of open your eyes and mm. and see that maybe there is something in this text that leads me. Like I, I've known of some of some people that have done um, Rent and have no idea that La Boheme is even <laughs> in the picture. And you're like, that's not a good thing. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't come away from Boca with that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and speaking of outside of the theater program, what else would I get at, at Boca? So outside of just the theater and musical theater, um, artistic uh, disciplines, what would I get from the experience of being a Boca student? Well, because of the collaboration with Berkeley, our students have this whole kind of more commercial end of music that they can explore too and business. Um, the liberal arts courses are really inventive and um, challenging and but I mean, everything is within the world, you know, so we can kind of say, how do you, how do you accept this into what your living, your, your reality is right now, but it also mm-hmm. kind of pushes the boundaries, but um, it's really fun to see what Berkeley has brought in. Cause they have a lot of fancy gadgets that we never had at Boco. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, look at that soundboard. <laughs> so then- I think. The Bo- in Boston in general is a hungry, hungry, hungry town. I mean, um, we tell our students and, they, you know, they can go to so many museums and, and force them to do it and say, do something with the information that you just saw. And mm-hmm. it's not only on the artistic side, but also um, the scientific side. I mean, to watch an MIT fashion show with our students being involved in that is unreal. You can imagine what they can come up with. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Um, as we talk about dance specifically, how does Boko or how do you do like levels with dance? So if I'm coming in and I'm, I'm going to be taking dance class, maybe there's some who are kicking their face and beyond immediately and some who are like me or whatever the step below a mover is, you know, <laughs> how, how would we take classes together? Or how would that, that interaction happen? Chances are you wouldn't take class together um, just because we don't want anyone to get injured. And It would um, be me getting injured, let's be clear, <laughs> or injuring someone else accidentally. <laughs> I think that um, it doesn't matter what year of school you're in. Uh, first year um, could be with a senior. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't use the term freshman. We use first years. So hmm. it depends on your ability and every year you audition for your placement. So you could be in a level and actually move down a little bit if you're not kind of showing up and doing the work Ooh. you need to be doing. So Ooh. it does. I mean, and that's, again, it's not in, in a negative way. It could be too that someone's been injured and we feel mm-hmm. like they need to just kind of reframe and restructure what's happening. Their alignment might be a little bit off. So mm-hmm. we have people um, that are really uh, faculty that are really um, great about, you know, who needs what and at what time do they need it. <clears throat> and then what about like actors and dance? So how, how does it work if I'm getting a BFA in straight acting or contemporary theater, I think is how you guys label it. How does that inter- work with what I take some dance class or take dances with, with musical theater separate? You would take them with musical theater students and same thing. You would do the placement auditions at the beginning of the year and be in the appropriate mm-hmm. level. And do you have a level low enough for me? That's the real question, Michelle. Okay, listen, we have happy movers. <laughs> happy movers. That's, I could be a happy mover. I could be that for sure. <laughs> um, and dance majors also take the classes too. So it's not like it, there's, you know, the strongest dancers in the theater department could also be dance majors anywhere in the country. So mm-hmm. it's so true. nice to know you're being pushed. Anything else we missed about your school before we get into the audition? Anything else you want to brag about in terms of, of BOCO that we didn't get to hit? I love my students so much, Um, but I would brag about our alumni. Um, Not only they're really super visible in in New York and and all over, um, but they're also doing things, working for different campaigns, and uh, they're directing and producing and 
they're, like I said earlier, doctors and lawyers, and they, the one thing they have in common is if you were to go see a show and you saw if somebody was from Boston Conservatory and you waited, not that you can meet anybody backstage anymore or at the stage door, <laughs> but if you reach out to them and say, hey, I have a couple of questions, they're always so happy and gracious to say, like, welcome to the fold. And mm-hmm. um, we we dig you for who you are. And I would say that's another thing I would brag about, that there isn't a type at the conservatory mm-hmm. that we we want everybody and everything. Um, I would say that the thing we want to know the, the most about you is, you know, do you know you? Are you authentically you? And I, we, we keep, I think the word authentic is being tossed around a lot now too, but do you like you? <laughs> Can you come into the room and be happy if you, if you make a mistake? That's been my kind of, uh, my, I've been doing check-ins with my students this week and I said, I dare you to mess up more Mm. because I think there's so much, um, there's so much to learn. And Mm. I believe that our students come out and they're not afraid to make mistakes. So they're kind of fun to watch and to hang out with. And I think that's why they're not afraid to, to be human. I love it. And we're getting a little bit into some of the audition stuff. But before we do that, we have to take a break, pay the bills. We'll be back in a second with Michelle to talk about the Boko dance audition. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back with Michelle and we're going to talk a little bit about the Boko audition and specifically, maybe for the first time specifically, focusing on the dance audition. So I'd just love to ask, in short, what do you think makes a great dance audition for you, Michelle? Oh, so many things. Um, (laughs) I... I think when someone comes in and they um, are ready to go, they're prepared, they're warmed up. And um, for me, an audition starts, I watch people when they walk in the room. Mm -hmm. I watch how they watch other people because I don't necessarily think that the best dancer in the room is going to be the best person Mm -hmm. at Boston Conservatory. And I, I, I hope all the stars align and that, so that it works out like that. But there's something about watching people on the side of the room, watching people and, and seeing if they're, are they, are they happy for those people and these adjustments that they're making. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. I would say that I do love technique. <laughs> I do love somebody who comes in here and takes a little bit of time to be like, you know, it's a dance call. Maybe I should do a demi plie at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, just because again, you can, with, with a good foundation, you can go from, you know, zero to a hundred 
much more quickly in a much safer way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if we break it down, I, I love starting there. If we break it down maybe a little more specifically into, let's imagine I am a really advanced dancer. I come in and I know what I'm doing. I've taken 12 years of dance already at this point. How is it best for me to kind of like stand out from the crowd and show off what I can do without feeling like I'm maybe arrogant or showing off? Or how, how can I best live in that world of like, I have tons of experience. I want you to know that, but I still want you to know I'm a good person and you're going to like me. Um, keep maintain eye contact with me because there are times where people will start looking in the mirror and kind of loving themselves, loving themselves. Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, you know, be, be willing to, to sometimes I'll just throw out a correction to see if someone's listening or, or can even try to do it. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a big key. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you there to, to show off? Or are you there to learn? And th- I want, I want you to be willing to learn. And That's me on Zoom all the time, Michelle, just staring at my own reflection while other people are talking. I'm just like, I'm so fascinated by me that I can't look at the other person even when they're making the point. Um, but what about speaking of me? What if we talk about some beginner dancers, people who really, are, they're going, I've been doing this, ho- hopefully not, they've never been in a dance class, but let's imagine maybe a student started a little later, maybe only has a year or two of dance under their belt. What should they be focus- focusing on if I'm more of that advanced beginner or even a true beginner? Well, I always have an improv section because I just want to see what somebody's going to bring to the table that just feels inherently them, that they're not trying to do steps that I'm forcing on them. And the people that I enjoy are the ones that are just, yeah, hell, I'm going to go for it. You know, that's that's the energy you need, especially at that age. You know, you're too young to take yourself too seriously. So I would say all ages, but uh, <laughs> then... You know, I'll, I'll look at them and say, like, are they on the beat of the music? Do they have a sense of self? Do they have a sense of, of rhythm? You know, mm. that's stuff you can't really teach. So that's going to go a long way. Um, also, I have seen stu- people that come to audition. I'll call their name and I'll say, like, Janet Doe, come on out. And they'll come to the middle of the room and just shake their head no and walk away. And... <laughs> it's it's really surprising to me that you know it's a safe room i promise you i promise you everyone who's listening to this right now it is a safe room and you can you can honestly do anything you want quack like a duck mm-hmm. do anything you want in there and um know that you're going you're going to be honored mm. just by taking a chance but just don't stand there and shake your head no, because I think that's telling us like maybe like you know like the cheese it commercial like not ready like mm-hmm. the check on the on the mm-hmm. cheese it. Um, mm. It's funny I I never really think about nerves in the same way for a dance audition because it is so physical compared to like I have to sing and my voice is fluttering. But of course you are. I'm sure some of the students are coming in and just overwhelmed with nerves of mm-hmm. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to forget the choreography. I don't want to you know all those things. Is yeah. there anything that you feel like you deal, deal with uh, to help you deal with nerves or performance anxiety as you are, um, you know, about to dance or that you would advise your students? Well, you never walk off that stage going like, nailed it. Like you never think <laughs> that. You don't? I feel like every no. time. That's for me. <laughs> Perfect. No notes. Moving on. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I tell my students and myself it's not going to be perfect. So you have to move on. You have to figure, forgive yourself right away. You can't hang mm. on to like three counts of eight. I fell out of that turn. Like mm. who cares? 
The only person that knows, honestly, is that that your head is hanging on to it. So let it go. Mm. I do three different sections in my in my dance call. So I start with a technique moment with ball- some ballet terminology. But again, and I, I don't want to freak anybody out. But for people, because we do have all levels of dance, I want people to know that there is a home for them mm-hmm. in, within in the, the ballet world. And then improv, like you, you be you is basically what I say. I, do, do your worm, do your coffee grinders, do anything you want to do. And then the last section is a musical theater dance. And I, uh, in each section of, of my audition, I talk about acting. I talk about furthering the plot and that if there's no reason for there for this moment to be in a show, you might as well cut it. So how do we, how can we take our body and say, if there were no words, if there was no song, how can you physically tell somebody something? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it every day. When you stub your toe and you have that moment of like, whoa, and before it even comes out of your mouth and you're like creating a new swear word or whatever, as it's like resonating up your body, the pain, that's such an honest reaction to, mm. to something that's, that's happened to you. And I believe that dance in a lot of ways is more honest than words and mm. song sometimes. Mm. Michelle, you are triggering me because I broke my toe stubbing it like three months ago and it's like bringing me back it's like so painful to see even think of i'm like even feeling that like for swear word and i remember that feeling so well going oh no it's broken. Sw- did you make up a new swear word when you did it was it? just just a sound it was a full <laughs> like it was like, what happened and then i was like kind of laughing because i was like this can't be what happened i'm okay and i was like i broke it and then i did it's a whole it was a whole it's the moment. worst oh. um I'd love that you talked a little bit about what you're looking for as a person versus what you're looking for um, in terms of technique. How does that interaction work for you in terms of like how much for you do you feel like is is it 75% about the technique you're seeing and 25%? It doesn't have to be a number, but but how does that work as you, you know, are you looking for that capacity to learn and grow and, and what their raw ability might be versus kind of where they are technically at that point? How does that work for you in, in terms of how you're scoring someone? Um, I think it's so individual. It's just based on on the person. I mean, obviously, as a dance person, I, I want to bring in people who can do like crazy material, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, I want you to do a double tour to the knee, roll on your back and front aerial in that one count. And, you know, but... <laughs> Because because there's there's th- those moments of excitement when you see somebody do something that's just glorious, and um, but then there are people who come in and they're so subtle and pure and have no idea the facility that they have, and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, holy shit! You don't even know what you've got, and I can't mm-hmm. wait be I can't wait to for us to like get you there and just know that you have this other thing. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing this production of uh, Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was with somebody who really liked that show. And I was like, really, again, we have to go see it again? Okay. Um, And this one production was with uh, a different actor who um, had been a dancer in his previous life. And he was playing the Phantom. And holy cow, the way he connected physically when... You know, Christine was going to take the mask off. He crumbled to the floor. He was crawling on his forearms. And and I hadn't looked at his bio before. And I was like, who is this? And 
once again, proving like when someone is just so physically connected to character, Mm. it will change. Like it'll change a show dramatically, drastically Mm. that you feel like this person is really committed. And as much as we like the sounds of pretty voices to watch somebody who can be humble and, and drag their body across the floor because of anguish, um, that, that was like a huge moment for me. I mm. wanted to make sure that that was something that I would share with my students every year. Mm. I love it. Do you remember that actor's name? Do we want to give him a shout out? I cannot remember. And I'm sorry that I can't, but yeah. Let's say was, Charlie Murphy is who it was, was um, in a different Murphy. life. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, I want to make sure I also ask a little bit about, uh, the video audition. So whether it's a pre-screen for some schools, whether it's a, a video recorded dance audition, I know last year that was a lot of schools that ended up being their, their final audition. How are those, those ideas of like trying to show who you are and trying to communicate something beyond just your technique, how do those apply when you're um, filming a video? Well, um, it's a little unfair. Like it, you have time to actually go back and fix things. So if someone you know, isn't paying attention to like which foot is front, I always get a little nervous because I'm like, mm-hmm. do your homework, mm-hmm. do your homework. Um, you have time to do it. So fix it if you need to. Uh, I always still do a live component, even if it's a recorded audition. So uh, I think it's really important to still get, like I said, I kind of still watch you watching people, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if you're not in the room with me. Mm-hmm. I think just getting an idea and throwing out a correction or throwing out direction and seeing if they can make those adjustments is super important. Mm, I love it. Um, and then to be- the best of your knowledge, how does like once the scoring happens or however it works in terms of the different dif- disciplines, how does that work um, in terms of your school? Do, do they kind of do it evenly ho- holistically? You know, does it, it's, you get two out of the three best scores carry you or, you know, cause you said, for instance, some dancers will get into the school who are not at very advanced dancers, maybe because their other singing and their acting was so strong. H- how does that work? Do you know, um, from the admissions perspective, you know, this it's so funny this is something that's so different with Berkeley there it's like a whole different algorithm that they use and I'm not exactly sure oh the magic algorithm I know how it 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 works at how it breaks down I know that diversity is so incredibly important at the conservatory and every day we are striving to be better that's something that's right at the forefront of everything Berkeley and Boston Conservatory I also think that we have to honor that we ha- there are different types of people in theater. So we have we have a number of non-binary students too that are welcome to to identify um, any way they want. And honestly, you you don't have to come in one way and leave the same way. Like you along the way, if your journey takes you a different place, there's a spot for you here as well. Mm. You could be a you know a fabulous male identifying dancer when you first audition and then and decide. And you're in your world that you are non-binary. That is who you are. And say, hey, Michelle, can I start wearing heels in class and doing and finding myself and being comfortable in who I am and who I love? And I'm like, let's let's do it. Let's get you fitted for the right shoes. Hmm. And um, I'm trying to be really aware of uh, terminology when we do partnering. That instead of saying like men and women, I'm trying. I'm saying heels and flats. So people <laughs> just just make sure whoever you're partnering, you catch them when they're falling and <laughs> um, and making sure there's a home for everybody. So I mm. think there's 
I think that's all part of it now too, that I want everybody to feel like they have a voice. And do you know, and I know obviously as a conservatory, it's not going to be, academics aren't going to be as big of a factor, but do you know how much those factor into the admission? If you really want a student artistically, can you basically always get them or do they have to have certain academic standards? There definitely is an academic standard. So uh, we will make sure to look at if you're having maybe some trouble in school, mm-hmm. if, if it's like pre-calculus, we might go, that's more forgivable than, <laughs> English, <laughs> our program, than English. So, you know, something that, you know, you, you might not need as much right now, you know, mm-hmm. is, is something that we're not going to say like this, that person is out of, out of here because they can't build a machine. Let's just wrap up with a couple questions. I mean, we started talking a little bit about uh, kind of diversity, but I'd love to talk just in general about 2021 and some of the ways that the school is kind of preparing to meet this current moment, both Mm -hmm. with the idea of the demands for racial equity and and equity in general, um, but then also with the kind of demands of a virtual world and how the business is changing. Um, So take that wherever you want to go with it. But um, I'd love to kind of hear what what is Boko doing in 2021? Um, What is Boko not doing? Honestly, it's uh, our students are are more and more involved in in all the decisions, which is really great for everything from um, we have Black Student Alliance as well as we have uh, equity. We have a, D, a whole DEI department. <clears throat> uh, we talk about what shows do our students want to 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 do? What do they want to perform, and what and what are the new works that we want to be on top of? So, I. I'm honored to be in the room when I hear people, you know, voice and hear and voice what they things that they were concerned with before and now feel comfortable in saying, like, why don't we do this? Or why don't we do um why 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 is there somebody that doesn't look like me, you know, mm-hmm. making decisions for me? Mm-hmm. And so we've we're really as much as possible trying to hire faculty that look like our student body and make sure that there's a space and home for them and including courses that are just really awesome. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, everything from like queer studies to, um, Oh my God, if you can, like I said, at the conservatory, if you can dream it, we will help you try to find it. We will pair you up with a faculty member um, and create a course for you that, that you can, you know, make, make your emphasis. And then what about that virtual world side of things? So how have you, you know, adjusted both maybe in the pandemic and then moving forward um, with any inclusion of virtual, if that's continuing for you or both from learning and then maybe into the audition season, how that might look for our rising juniors and seniors? Yeah, I think to be perfectly honest with you, it was, it was fine for the time that we were doing it in, but there are just some things through dance that are just so hard to reach through if somebody does not have experience in it. Like if mm-hmm. it is painful to watch a sickled foot from behind a computer screen, <laughs> can I get in there and fix that ankle? It would take one second for me to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine to see, to show our students that we are present. You are present. We are here. Um, and in some ways, speaking of, you know, more equitable, it was, easier for some people to make to make auditions because we were online and we've decided to keep for that reason we've decided to keep a number of auditions online mm-hmm. so it it does create more more equity mm-hmm. do i want to teach dance via zoom forever and ever 
Hell no. Hell no. That's how I feel about a Zoom concert. I'm never going to another Zoom concert. I love you if you're doing one. I will not be watching it. I'll go to 54 Below. I will do that, but I will not go to your Zoom concert anymore. I'm done. Yeah. And again, like, I think you can get a lot out of it, but there's just the energy of the room that you miss. Um, What about any kind of final advice? Like, so maybe now picturing a young... 18-year-old whippersnapper excited to audition for Boston Conservatory in just a couple of months, you know, coming up this winter. Um, anything that you feel like they, they, you'd want them to be thinking about or any piece of advice you'd want to throw their way? Yeah, I just, I want them to feel like, again, they're in a safe space to make all the mistakes, at least in my room. Um Because there's something about watching someone break, break through and see that light bulb go off where you're it not only excites them but excites you as a as a teacher and I, I just love those aha moments they're they're probably when someone says you know what's your favorite thing about teaching and it's when I see somebody do something like I was just those are turns by the way um <laughs> going across the floor for those of you like, listening to the video she's <laughs> twirling her finger um it's an audio medium and she's mostly been dancing this entire time as she's been talking it's fine <laughs> when you see somebody just you know, do that fourth or fifth turn and, and then they walk to the side of the room and, and catch their eye when they're, you know, after mm. they've done it and they're just like, I just did it. Um, it's, yeah, the yes moment. That's, that's really fun because they, you know that they've been working so hard just to strengthen their leg to stand on mm. it. So I, when you come into the audition, be free, be judgment free, don't have expectations just come in and show show us who you are, mm. and the and really, I know that it's cliche to say this, but I'm going to say it. We want everybody to be good. So when you get in the room, you know, just assume that we're on your side because we are, mm. <laughs> and then just go and play and have fun and be strong and be bold. Mm. I love it, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming in today. Um, if people wanted to check you out, of course, they could hit Boston Conservatory, at Boston Conservatory on the socials. And would I be right to say they can hit at Michelle Chasse? That's with two S's at the end um, and two L's, two L's and two S's. Two L's. How Instagram, French could it be? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Is that Instagram? Are you on Twitter too? Are you everywhere? Are you TikToking? I'm everywhere. I'm not TikToking. Okay, good. I mean, you're, you look young, but you're not that young. You're not TikTok young. I'm also not going to put something on there that I'm going to regret. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, great. Well, we could check you out there for sure. Uh, we'll put that on the show notes. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. I love your students and I love your program. And I couldn't be happier whenever you invite me to do something. A wowza. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Michelle as much as I did. Um, I just love the combination of like open vulnerability and whip smart funny she is. Um, I just love getting to chat with her anytime I can. Um, Michelle, fantastic educator that she is. She hit a lot of things we love to talk about in these takeaways. Um, She talked about bringing your authentic self into the room. It's like an MTCA motto. She talked about the freedom to fail and make mistakes. She talked about coming in with a goal of learning and growing as opposed to performing. Big co-sponsor on all of that. Um, I did just want to quickly hit on something that Michelle said um, that we haven't talked about, which is like physical storytelling that goes beyond what we might call dance. So for any of my actors listening, and if you made it this far as a non-MT actor, kudos to you, you win some kind of prize. Um, Or for the MTs who don't maybe consider themselves capital D dancers, 
I'd love to encourage you to investigate what you can do well as a physical storyteller. So to the point of Michelle's story about seeing that Phantom in the Opera, even though that was a dancer, you saw how really effective this was, even in those moments that were not traditionally dance moments. It was not his dance moves that were so impressive to Michelle, but his ability to physically storytell. Um, you all heard me making some self-effacing jokes on the podcast about my own dance ability, which I agree. I should not be doing that. We should not apologize. We talked about that on one of our previous takeaways on Kenneth's episode. Um, and now I apologize for the apology. So it's now it's, I'm apologizing too much. It's a vicious cycle. Um, but I will say I never got myself to a point where I would feel confident calling myself a dancer or even like a really strong mover in the dance world. But one of my journeys as an actor was trying to take the physical capabilities I did have, which is I am a coordinated athletic person. I'm an athlete. Have I made enough sports analogies for you guys to know that on the pod? Uh, and trying to apply those capabilities, those gifts to my storytelling. So even if I wasn't ever going to shine in a piece of ballet, that skill set did allow me to have really to be a really fun physical slapstick actor, right? I'm really good at that kind of comedy, as well as excel in something like stage combat, right? I've done a ton of stage combat in my career. I remember having a flashback in the middle of doing a production of The Three Musketeers, where like I was playing Porthos and I'm fighting with sword and dagger and sword and cape and then cape and dagger and I'm leaping around the stage and throwing weapons and catching weapons. And it really felt like I was dancing for most of the show, right? I was so grateful for all the dance and physical acting training I did have. So even if you don't get to that point of advanced technique, that work toward that goal can enhance your ability to be in your body and telling all kinds of stories. I'll also say one of my first jobs out of school, this was in Shakespeare in the Park, I booked at least partially because of a dance audition, which I had to do with a badly sprained ankle. I was like in a full ankle boot. I didn't do all the ballroom dancing beautifully in that boot, but I was able to act the hell out of that audition and I was glad for every scrap of training I did have. Um, I say all that to maybe bring home kind of an obvious point, which hopefully intellectually is clear to everyone, but a lot of people make this mistake, which is that every bit of training can matter in your career. And I think sometimes, especially in the dance world, it's easy for our students to give up if they aren't that kind of like kick your face, triple pirouette, the dancer, and just say, I, I won't be that, so who cares? Let me focus on my acting and singing. When in fact, you actually can be a better version of yourself if you put in the work and try to bring that to the room. Well, if you've put in the work to listen to this entire episode, we love you and we'd love it if you hit that subscribe button. We'd also appreciate it if you were going to rate us and review us where you found us. We suggest five stars if you love staring at yourself on the Zoom screen and an ironic five stars if you figured out how to turn off that self view. And, you know, while you're at it, tell a friend. Or if you think our advice is terrible, tell an enemy and really sabotage them. That's fine too. Um, you can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeaudition.com or reach Megan and me directly and grace us with a follow at charmer7 and at meganmarie2014. If you're interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual prep in your college audition journey, please check us out at mtcollegeauditions.com. You can also follow us at Musical Theater College Editions on Instagram, at tweetmtca on Twitter, and coming soon to a TikTok near you. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, if you can't think of anything else to do, just quack like a duck. We'll see you next week. Mapping the 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.